Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. All right, so coming up in a little bit, um, I've got an active shooter audio that we're going to play. And so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, every time I play this audio, CMPD gets pissed off. I'm just going to tell you. And CMPD does not allow media to be part of their active shooter. They won't allow media to interview people, uh, interview the officer that provides the active shooter training, which is a free two-hour course for all businesses and uh, churches and whatnot, groups. All you got to do is go to the CMPD website, sign up for it completely free, and it's there. And you can do it. And the officer will come to your place of work or church of worship and help give you a very interesting and engaging and enthusiastic two-hour class of how to survive an active shooter. And there's a lot of misnomers that they've changed. You know, it used to be like, you know, fight, flight, or hide, I think was some of the ones. You don't fight anymore because not everyone can fight. Hiding, they will tell you, is one of the worst things you can do. Like they, the FBI, and he gets all his training from the FBI and all their notes from the FBI. And so it's constantly updated on the best ways to survive active shooters. So I, one day, was a business invited me to be part of an active shooter session. And I recorded it on my phone. And I took the two hours and put it into like a six or seven minute clip that's very informative. And I think you're going to find it very informative. And just the highlights of the seven minutes. And then maybe that'll help encourage you to talk to your bosses or if you are a boss to try and sign up for this uh, for this active shooter training class. And it's, you know, it's for it's for older women, younger children. It's for, you know, very strong adults. It's for everybody. And so I find it. So I'm going to be playing that coming up in a little bit. Because, like I said, every time I play it, CMPD gets pissed off because they don't want any media to know what they do in their training. They don't want it promoted out there. They want to keep it secret. And one of the arguments is that they'll say is, well, what's to prevent an active sh- someone who wants to be an active shooter from going and then learning all our secrets? Well, first of all, it's free to the public, so they can show up at any place, any time to watch it. Second of all, they're all – like the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department has – and like a 10-minute video on how to survive an active shooter. Towson University does. A couple other law enforcement agencies have all this information out there. And, again, let me reiterate, it's open and free to the public. They can just show up anytime they choose to. But, hey, hey, I, mine is not to question why. Actually, it is to question why. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Mike. Thanks for calling, Mike. I appreciate you holding on, buddy. Hey, how are you? Just fine, sir. Hey, I I got I agree with both sides of what's going on, and uh, the one th- but the one thing I like what they did is I several years ago I got uh, some gun permits. I applied for them and they called me, 
and the lady from the sheriff's department called me and said, hey, this, such and such, this is Mike. I'm like, yes. He said, were you involved in a, a domestic issue in such and such county and such and such date? And it was one of the counties I'd never heard of. And I said, no, ma'am, I was not. She said, okay, we didn't think it was you, but we were just going to call and ask to make sure. Right. right. I kind of like, right then, I was like, that just shows me really how serious, how good this this is. You know what I'm saying? The validity, the validity of it. Right. Like, you know, if I had been involved with it, it would, you know, what would, would I say, oh, well, yes, I have. Well, you can't get your gun from me. Well, that's true. Yeah, you would have lied through your face. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it, 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 exactly. But, uh, you know, I just kind of thought right there, I said, well, this is, you know, and like I was telling Bernie, I also think they're good because a lot of times in some of these smaller communities or more rural counties, like I told Bernie, you have the local Otis that's always in trouble, <laughs> always has an, you know, having an issue with something. He and his wife are getting in fusses, nothing major, you know, that... He's, you know, just drunk and disorderly. And, well, Otis wants to come up and get a gun permit, and they pull it. And everybody in the office says, oh, no, Otis is not. We're not giving Otis a handgun permit. So in that aspect, yeah, I can see where the sheriff's department can catch some things that maybe the, um, the, background, the federal background check may not check because they know the local person. that makes sense? No, I totally get it. You know, and... But the problem is, what happens if you don't know the local person, and they yeah. still have all these issues? And that I think that's right. You know, I mean, that's that's yeah. one of the things. I mean, again, there's there's, I, and I agree with you. Like, and I and I I told Bernie. By the way, I'd never mention Bernie's name again. He doesn't deserve any credit over there. But uh, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, but but uh, we were literally talking about this during the break, and I said, if someone were to call in 100 percent in favor of this bill not being passed, I truly would have taken the other side and started, because I like playing devil's advocate, and questioning why they feel a certain way and questioning their thought beliefs, you know, much oh, like exactly. I do with like I do with politicians or whatever. And so uh, so that's why I, I don't want people to think that I'm picking on people that are happy this thing passed because I would literally be doing the exact same thing if people are unhappy that it passed. No, you're 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 inciting conversation. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's and and there again in today's world, that's what. And I'll go from a little tangent here. That's what the politicians and our government do not want us to have amongst ourselves, especially against you know my you know white people, black people, Asian people, Hispanic people. They don't want us to have conversations and find out that we have common grounds, because then we may. We may find out that hey, the government's lying to us about each other. Hey, Mike, thanks for listening. Thanks for holding on, buddy. I really do appreciate it. Hey, not a problem. You have a good day. You keep up the good work. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Let's see here. Uh, I don't know what happened here. Why am I not? There we go. Sorry about that, Mike. So here's what's funny. Okay, and I actually mean this funny as in comical. Am I the only person who actually smiled and laughed? When he dropped pulling an Otis, like seriously, when he pulled the Otis reference, am I the only one who laughed and smiled? That that was funny. That was funny. And I'm the. Am I also the only one who think he didn't sound like he just came out straight out of Mayberry? 
the the fact that Mike, that was an awesome call, but I love your thick southern accent, and it sounded like you were part of Central Casting in Mayberry. And the fact that you dropped the Otis reference, that was awesome. That was really, really awesome. All right, Ray, thanks for holding, buddy. What you got going on? Yes, I just had a question uh, about qualifications to own a firearm. Um, I'm sure someone's thought of this before, but it seems to me that they could simplify everything if they would just, um, you know, make a law that says that anyone that can pass the same uh, requirements as a police officer could get whatever the police officer could carry because they're both humans, uh, uniform or not. What do you think? Yeah, and here's the one thing I don't know. I don't know what kind of mental evaluation the officers have to go through. I don't know if they got to take Wunderlich tests. I don't know if they have to sit down in front of a psychologist. I, I don't know about that. But I think there's some kind of mental aspect, and I don't, I don't generally disagree with that. I mean, if it takes someone a month or two months or two weeks to go through that process, and I... I I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I, I truly don't. But but also, let's be honest. They're also, uh, as as Bernie pointed out during the break, you get this the sociopaths like Bernie, like uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, who can fake their way through anything and then ends up with a gun and ends up eating you. So yeah, <laughs> no, I never thought about that. <laughs> but but no, I do like your point, Ray. Ray, I, that's an actually an interesting point. That's that's not a bad idea. And I need to ask some of my cop buddies, what kind of training did you have to go through to become a pop, cop? Did you have to go through any mental evaluations? Because obviously, you know, you don't want someone with a, you know, with a, yeah. a hair trigger temper. So yeah, that's interesting. And uh, I, I'd like to ask you a question. Sure. Something you said a moment ago. Sure. You said you never owned a firearm and you don't ever want to own one. No, I never said that. I, I, I said I've never owned a firearm and I said and I don't care if I do or don't. Like I've never said I won't have one. I've never said that. Um, oh, okay. I'm, yeah, I miss, yeah. miss, yeah. I, like I said, my dad was a, was a sniper in Vietnam, won all kinds of awards, was an alternate on the 1968 Olympic team, rifle shooting, target shooting team. Uh, so uh-huh. I grew up around guns, and all my friends had guns. I mean, think about it. Everybody in Gastonia has guns. So, you know, but I just have never had a gun because, I mean, there was no need for me to get one. Right. Okay, well, uh, thanks a lot, Brett. Hey, thanks I, a lot, I, Ray. I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for the call. And I, that is an interesting concept. So I, 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 need, I really will add, reach out to some of my cop buddies about that, like if they have to do a mental evaluation. Uh, Mark. Uh, we've got a couple marks on hold, so this mark is one that I want to talk to right now. Mark, thanks for calling, buddy. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Um, a, a quick thing before uh, the previous caller, uh, when I lived in Arizona and we got our concealed carry permit, the community colleges actually offered uh, t- tactical and home defense classes taught by our local law enforcement agencies, which I took as part of the college credit class because I thought it was great to have, but... Um, That's that, interesting. That was one of the great things. And I almost think, I, like, let me ask you this, because we talked about the driver's license and all that. I almost think in order to buy a gun that you need to actually go through classes on how to handle a gun, just like you need to learn how to handle a car. Is, is that a stupid thing to say? No, I, I always encourage folks to take classes. Um, 
because uh, it, it's a great responsibility. I don't know that I want to mandate what the government should require, right. what type of training you should get. But like the concealed carry permits we have today, I don't have a problem with that. You have to shoot a certain amount of proficiency and learn you know, where you can and can't carry. So I think that's beneficial already. Interesting. Um, the, the, the thing I wanted to bring up was, because I listened to the sheriff, is uh, we moved to Arizona, uh, to North Carolina in 2004, so I've had a permit here since 2005, I believe. And we just, uh, we lived in Cabarrus County for the last 17 years and moved to Mecklenburg uh, last year. So now I have to uh, renew my permit, but because of the delays in his office, um, my permit may expire before he gets back to me which means all of a sudden I can't carry concealed, which I've been doing for almost 30 years. And I find that pretty darn frustrating because I've carried concealed forever. But now I could potentially be a lawbreaker because the, the state says you renew your permit within 90 days of expiration. But the sheriff's office is taking... I guess months to do it. Um, sometimes, not every time, because a lot of people aren't filling out the paperwork correctly. But what I would strongly suggest, and I promise you, he does this: if you email the sheriff directly and just say, "Hey, it's been a couple of months. Can I just get an update status on where my permit is because it's about to run out?" Someone in his office, generally him, will reply to you. I, I that that's one of the things that he will do. That, that he will respond and reply to the people that send him emails. I promise you. Yeah, I'll do that because I know And if he doesn't, send me the email and I'll get in touch okay. with him. Yeah, because they're going to send it to the VA. And I've been out yes. of the military for 40 years. So it's like, what are you going to learn that you didn't learn? <laughs> well, but the, the, but the only thing is, like, not every county sends it to the VA. And so, right. you know, that's the thing. And so... Um, but like I said, like it's, that's 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 one of the frustrations that I had is that where every county should be uniform. If if yes. you know, either all counties send it to the VA or no county send it to the VA. Like it should be uniform. I've always agreed with that. Yeah, I, and I think also there should be an electronic system. I mean, there's no reason all the counties cannot use a single electronic system to get all the records that they need to do background. Yep, and guess what? There's not, and that's the problem. No, and it's frustrating. Exactly. So and that was all I had. But, awesome. Um, like I say, I, I, I hear him say he's pro-Second Amendment. I do not think that renewals particularly should take very long. Yep. I understand first-time permits, but renewals shouldn't take more than a just, couple weeks. Yeah, just make sure that it was notarized and everything else, because that's the big thing that Sheriff McFadden told me, that a lot of people don't sign the paperwork or don't get officially notarized, and they want to know why it's taken four or five months. So just make sure yeah, that they, you did they, all that. They were they were great. They, um, okay. they called me because I guess the system kind of put in my mailing address. It's different than my living address, and it boxed it up. They just called to verify okay. it. But, right. yeah, I had everything notarized. Okay. And I checked the other day on the, uh, what's it called, Perid- Permidium system, and it still says that I paid, and there's right. <laughs> there's no change in status. Well, like I said, I would just seriously email the sheriff about that, and they will get back sure. to you. And if they don't, then you can just uh, send me an email, and I'll reach out to them. I appreciate that, Brett. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thanks for listening, buddy. All right. So I was going to play at 135 the CMPD active shooter audio. I'll, we may have to wait until... 
um, around 150 or so because I don't want all you guys waiting online, especially Sherry's been waiting for quite a bit and the other mark as well. So when we come back, a couple more of your phone calls and then we're going to play the active shooter training that I want everyone to listen to because I'm telling you, I thought I was going to be bored to tears. It's extremely interesting. All right. Are you prepared for a disaster? Do you need some advice? Are you looking for a military surplus that's real? Well, for more than three decades, the answer has been Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. It is an old-school, traditional store. It's got a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim? He'll hook you up. He gets new stuff in all the time, American-made, because it's real military surplus. Camo, shirts, hats, customized dog tags, gear... Old Grouches on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. The shop is open Monday through Saturday and all the time at oldgrouch.com. All right, let's go and grab a couple more of these phone calls real quick because Sherry has been waiting patiently for quite a while. So, Sherry, first of all, thank you for holding through like three commercial breaks. I appreciate it. (laughs) Sure. Um, So, you know, I appreciate that McFadden was willing to come on and talk, but... um, what I don't appreciate is he provides no explanation for um, what the pistol permit process would have prevented. Um, he conveniently used the incident in um, Nashville um, as a reason why this law shouldn't have, um, um, you know, been overturned, the Trooper's veto overturned. But there, he, he's not able to provide any kind of explanation as to how his process would have prevented it. Um, well, and that's a great question, Sherry. And here's the thing, like all over the networks, the, the national networks, what you're seeing, the headlines are um, like the uh, the woman bought the seven guns legally. She had seven guns legally. And then you see the thing, despite, quote, mental disorder. And her parents thought she had a and she'd been seeing therapy. And this bill, whether it failed or the veto was overridden. I don't think would have prevented any of that. Okay, like exactly the, right. Exactly. But but there are some instances where it would have prevented it. If but but here was the problem again. I said this earlier. The problem is it, there were some instances like if there were mental issues where you're dealing with the state and they had the state mental records up in Broughton, the mental hospital up there that has the state you know register or. Through the VA, if there were issues through the VA, if there were mental disorders through the VA, so the VA, the VA is required to report to Nick. Yes, if they treat someone. So is Broughton. They're required to prevent to to report to Nick. So his process does nothing more unless he's picking up the phone and calling her mom and saying, "Oh, is is should we let this twenty eight year old child of yours own a gun?" Well, I do know that they were they were sending every single application through the VA, and the VA and Broughton was where all the holdups were, and that's why people weren't able to get because they didn't have the manpower or so. I do know that exactly. But the VA and Broughton are both required to to report to Nick. So basically, what he was what he's doing is just trying to create a quagmire. He he, he was doing nothing more than Nick does. 
Okay, because I've had many people tell me otherwise, so or tell me different that because the FBI has already said there are very, very limited. The FBI has already came out and said there are very, very limited in the amount of mental background checks that they can do. They, they, they and that's where all of this gun permit stuff. I do know that this is all coming through the FBI regulations. That's where it's coming from. That's where the background checks are going to be coming through. But if you're if you're committed to brought. Yes. It's going to get reported to Nick. Yes, but if you're going through mental, like severe mental issues, and you're not committed to Broughton, it won't show up, even though you're going through other psychotherapy sessions. That's right. the. But 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 McFadden has no access to that information unless he's unless he's contacting every mental health professional in the state. No, he does not have access to that part. I mean, you're 100 percent right. But at the same point, like I said, there were. There are reasons why, like, a lot of the backlogs are happening because of the brought, and they just don't have the manpower to deal with all this. So that's why all these sheriffs weren't sending it to them and weren't doing it. Like, and that's the one thing I disagreed with. I did not understand. The one thing, like I said, I don't care one way or the other, but I will say this. The one thing I'm glad that they did was finally made this uniform across all 100 counties. It was silly to have Mecklenburg County do things differently than Union County, which was doing things differently than Polk County. I mean, that was silly. That's silly. We will never know whether McFadden's process did any good or not, is unless he, unless we have... Well, actually, I can tell you a story. I can tell you a story, Sherry. There was a a person here uh, that applied for a gun permit, and McFadden, they ran it up through the, the mental health, whatever he does, through Broughton and VA or whatever, a couple other places, and they denied him. The person took McFadden to court and, and to try and appeal his decision and did not show up for the appeal. The guy... A couple of weeks later, went to the state of Washington, got a legal gun gun permit, and just randomly walked into a uh, parking lot at a grocery store and shot a man innocently just in the brain, blew his brains out while he was in the parking lot waiting for his brother to come out of the grocery store. They called him and said, wait a minute, how did you know? Why did you guys deny him a permit? And he's like, because we did a mental health background check on him through the state or whatever. And that's what, I mean, I do know that. I do know that. that. And that's actually in the news. Like, you can actually Google that part. Like, that's actually real. So, wouldn't McFadden advocating that the information that he was able to obtain that wasn't in Nick's, wouldn't him advocating that that be included in Nick's be much more beneficial to everyone well that's what he's been saying and he's been saying he goes this need and he's been saying from day one this needs to be done a lot more deeper at the the raw the legislative level it should not have to be done at the at the local level whether you're in catawba county lincoln county or mecklenburg county or wake county he's saying and he's been saying that forever that this should be done at the legislative and the state level not at each individual level a local level he's been saying that he goes this should be whatever you do do it for everyone but he th- yes i mean that is a as a matter of fact that thing in washington i think happened to i think it was last year that happened last summer well i'll have to look that up That's i'm not i'm not seriously you can look it up it's it's i, I promise you I'm not, I'm not no i'm not questioning you right i'm, I'm, I'm it's, it's an interesting story Exactly. Hey, but seriously, seriously, thank you so much for holding on. I really do appreciate it. And and I love it when women call and do not be a stranger. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right. All right. So when we come back, 
the situation involving how to survive an active shooter. And like I said, every time I play it, all it does is just make CMPD matter and matter at me. So we're going to play that when we come back. I, I promise you, it's extremely interesting, and it's going to grab your attention, and you're going to want to listen to all of it. I promise. We've had a lot of calls, and I really appreciate it. And with Sherry was the last person that called. And Sherry, stick around, because coming up at 2 o'clock, 205, Mark Garrison is going to be joining us here in studio to talk about what is part of and how things are going to go through the mental health background checks, because there are a lot of gaps in all the stuff that may or may, may not be required, incur, inter, in, including stuff from Nick's and Broughton and the VA and a lot of other mental health institutions. So we're going to, Mark's going to come in because he's got a lot more. He just literally got off the phone and, and or finished conversations with the FBI about a lot of this stuff. So we'll have him joining us at 205 to talk about the differences. All right, but what I want to do right now is play audio from a two-hour program that was done by the active shooter training trainer with CMPD on how to survive an active shooter. There are there aren't many active shooter trainers, and he might be the only one in North Carolina. I'm not. I'm. I, I'm. There might be one in Raleigh, but I'm not aware of one. And again, I want you to listen to this because this was recorded. I went to his program. I recorded it off my phone. Started playing it, and a lot of people at the hierarchy of CMPD were not happy about this. But I find it extremely essential because it could save your life. And it may inspire you or your boss to sign up for this program, which is free of charge, through CMPD. The person's voice, the officer's voice, will grab your attention immediately and won't let go. And it's extremely informative. And I think you're going to really want to listen to every, every, all six minutes of this. I want you all to understand in an active shooter situation that every single scenario, it's going to be different. But what I will do this morning, I'm going to plant a seed, a seed of survival in your head and in your brain. And if you water that seed and you nourish that seed and you let it grow, God forbid one day you're faced with an active shooter, the likelihood of survival, it will go up. There are no guarantees. If somebody walked through this door right now and they came inside this room, I have 52 rounds of ammunition on me right now. There are no guarantees I'm going to make it. This is not going to be one of these presentations that when we are finished that Chris is gonna give you all a, a certificate saying you're now good for one active shooter, okay? Does not work that way. There are no guarantees in an active shooter situation. An active shooter, their goal, their purpose is to come into a confined space, come inside of a room to shoot and kill as many people as they possibly can. Hence why this entire presentation is based off of action. You taking some sort of action. I'm gonna to prove to you that action will save lives. That 20 year period here in the United States, the 345 events, 2,841 casualties with 1,019 people killed and 1,822 people wounded alone here in the United States. Now, I can tell you, 
the United States, we are number one, number one in active shooter events. Can anyone in here tell me the second leading country in active shooter events in that same time frame, that 20 year period? The second leading country. Canada it is, absolutely. So let me ask you, in that same time frame, how many active shooter events has Canada had? Take a guess, what do you think? Try eight, try eight. So eight to 345. Can anyone here tell me the number one, the number one weapon used in active shooter events? I'm sorry, you say an AR-15? No? Someone, who, who said the handgun? Right there? Take a look at it, sir. There you go. You're exactly right. About 66% of the time, handguns. Why handguns? Easy to conceal. Now, what I can tell you is today how the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department, how we train for an active shooter event. The first three to four officers, we get the call, we're going to immediately come inside that building, go towards the sound of gunfire to stop that threat. That is how we train and the majority, the majority of law enforcement across this country trains for an active shooter event today. I want to ask you a question, and this is not a trick question, but can everybody run? No, they cannot. Not everybody can run. Can everybody fight? No, they cannot. So a very common program, but two out of the three, not everybody can do. And then when we look at that word in the middle, hide, you will never ever hear one of us with the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department tell you that we want you to simply hide. It clearly sends the wrong message. And I'm gonna to prove to you today throughout our program that people who were hiding alone and why they lost their life. Now, this morning with this program, you all are going to receive five separate takeaways. This is going to be the meat and the potatoes of this program right here. The first, and in our opinion, the most important one, movement and distance. Control your breathing. Can you survive until the police arrive? How long does it take? How long is it gonna take for us to arrive? Is it gonna be two minutes? Is it gonna be five minutes? Is it gonna be seven minutes? And then what to do when the police arrive? Here is my message to everyone in here today. If you were to ever, ever find yourself in a similar situation and you can't get out, I keep referring, I want you to get out. If you can't get out, always, always lock the door first. When you knew that you were coming here, what were you expecting? What kind of class were you thinking you were going to get? I guess I wasn't expecting to get this much detail about what to do in a situation. I feel like I was going to get some more general situational awareness about, you know, how to keep yourself like generally safe in the community, um, those type of things. But this was much more specific about what to do when confronted with a situation that nobody wants. But I do think that we got a good balance there. We got some information that was helpful in a method that we're able to listen and learn about it and take that with us. But I think some very specific information about what to do if con confronted with an active shooter situation. And th I think that was the surprising part about this. This gave me some very specific, useful tips to take with me, you know, 
God forbid we're ever confronted with this type of situation. What do you think will resonate with you the most? I think just awareness of my surroundings and, you know, looking at exits and knowing that this can happen anywhere. Um, and just hopefully the, what he taught us and talked about will come back to me at that moment. Before you came here, did you think that was possibly one of the things that you were supposed to do was just hide? Yes, yes. And I think about that at work. If, you know, where am I going to go if something like this happens? But, you know, he shows us examples of, unfortunately, when it didn't work out the right way. Were you almost dreading, like, okay, we got to go through this training. It's going to be two and a half hours long. Was, is your reaction now different than it was before? Yes, I was dreading it. Um, but once, you know, he started talking and giving real-life examples and things like that, it piqued my interest. So there you have, um, it was just a very small portion, and you heard these women talk about how it was very informative and everyone was engaged. And so I highly encourage you to sign up your church, your place of worship, or talk to your boss about doing this. It's 100% completely free, free of charge. You might have to wait a month or so because there are a lot of people that want to do this, but sign up, get signed up for your place of work or place of worship or a community, and they can help you deal with this. So again, it's a very, very informative and uh, also uh, it just it, engaging program that CMPD does, this one particular officer. All right, when we come back, Mark Garrison is going to join us in studio to talk about some things that he had discussions with with the FBI about the background checks. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to The Pete Callender Show.